0: Journey,
1: hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Our, our family's had a tradition, I don't know, probably the last eight or nine years where my two boys and I, we cook all of the Thanksgiving meal, and people come to our house, and it's kind of been fun, and I kind of have two, I don't know if they're hard and fast rules, uh, but two beliefs, maybe, about Thanksgiving and when you get together, and number one is this, that when it comes to people, less is more. Yeah, some of you have similar people in your life. Um, Number two, when it comes to food, more is more. And I don't do a very good job of judging, like, how much of something you need to feed the people that come. I don't know if any of you have that trouble. Nothing ever looks big enough to me. It's like we'll start cooking. I'll be like, that's not going to be enough. And so, like this year, we made this new like macaroni bacon salad thing. And I put one bag of macaroni in the water. I'm like, that's not going to be enough. So I put two bags in. I'm like, oh, that's going to be enough. And if you're hungry, we have macaroni salad at our house for you to try. We barely found a bowl in our house that it would fit in. Uh, this year, we went a little maybe overboard. Um, with dessert, we had something called pie cake and you have to say it like that or it doesn't work, and if you've never had pie-cake-in, it is apple pie, pumpkin pie, cake, and four tubs of frosting, and now I'm diabetic, um, and there is no pie cake left, if you want any of that, but it's easy. Get overwhelmed during this time of year, whether it's with people or with what you have going on, or with food or any of those things, and I think we live in a time, in a culture where being overwhelmed is fairly normal. Uh, that we we some of us we don't know what to do if we're, we're not overwhelmed, or we're we're not busy, or we're not trying to figure all these things out. It, it reminds me of the story of a British traveler who went to Africa. And he wanted to tour or or go through the entire jungle of Africa, but he wanted to do it quickly. He had a limited amount of time. So he hired some local porters to carry all of his supplies. And after an exhausting day of travel, all on foot and a very good night's sleep, they got up the next morning to continue the journey, but all of the local porters they hired refused to move. And he kind of said, well, yeah, let's get going. It's time to go. And they wouldn't move. Offered them more money, and they wouldn't move. Finally, he got a little bit angry, and he asked somebody, he "says Why aren't they moving? Why won't they get up?" And one of the local porters said, "This was their answer." He said, "They are waiting for
0: their souls to catch up to their bodies." Church, you ever feel a need for that?
1: I don't know about you this morning, but that phrase resonates with me. I can relate to this idea that. Man, I just wish my soul could catch up to my body. Time Magazine once did an article uh, where they noted that back in the 1960s, so back in the 1960s there was an expert testimony given to a subcommittee of the Senate on time management. And these experts came in, and the essence of what they said back in the 60s was that because of future advances in technology, that within 20 years, so by the People would have to radically cut back on how many hours a week they worked or how many weeks in a year they worked, or they'd have to start retiring sooner. They said the greatest, the experts said the greatest challenge that America would face is what people
0: would do with all of their free time. Anybody today see that as your primary challenge? Anybody with
1: kids see that as your primary challenge? Yeah, me neither. I can't fathom what it would be like to tell somebody, you know it has been really hard lately? I just can't figure out what to do with all
0: the free time.
1: You know, I just, we just have days of nothing going on. I don't know what that would be like. And I think we live in a time where most of us, if not all of us, can at some point in our life, maybe it's right now, maybe it's been in the past, but all of us have had those moments or those seasons, maybe you're in that right now, where we resonate with this idea, if I could just have time, for my soul to catch up to my body. If that's you this morning, Jesus has an answer. See, the last few weeks, we just wrapped up our sermon series here at Journey on rhythms of rest, and we talked about different spiritual disciplines that we go through. And when David asked me to preach this week, I thought this was a great kind of end of that chapter of our sermon series, because the reality of what we're talking about is not certain things that you do, but it's finding the right rhythms in our life. And if you're here this morning and you've ever resonated or you resonate today with this idea of feeling restless, Jesus has an answer, but it might not be what you think. In Matthew 11, just three verses, in verse 28, Jesus says, come to me, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, Jesus
0: says, and my burden is light. If you've ever felt like your soul was lagging behind your light,
1: Jesus says the first thing you have to do is we have to go to Jesus. That's what he said. The first thing Jesus says is come. He says, are you restless? Are you burdened? Are you heavy laden? you feel like your soul needs to catch up to your body? He says, then come to me. But, but don't miss who Jesus invites. Uh, Bible scholar Kent Hughes says it's important to see that Jesus did not invite those who have, have it all together. He didn't invite the self-satisfied, He didn't invite the self-righteous. He didn't invite those who are living a life of ease with their legs outstretched and their feet pushing into the sand. Jesus invited everybody who labors and is heavy laden. Jesus invited the tired, the worn out, the desperate, the poor,
0: the tempest-tossed, the wretched refuse, those huddled masses yearning to be free. Jesus says, if that's you this morning, he says, come.
1: See, to, to come to Jesus really means to trust him, right? That, that I trust that Jesus is the person that I can find rest in. That Jesus has the answer to my restless life. That Jesus is really the one who can restore my soul that has lagged behind my life. And that's what we want, right? We want that peace, that rest, that restful peace that we think never comes until we die, right? I don't know about you, you've probably used this phrase a time or two, Well, I work now, and I'll rest when I die. But Jesus says that doesn't have to be the case. Jesus says that, that's not what he's asking, that's not what he's offering. Jesus says there is a peaceful inward peace, an outward rest that comes from being in a right relationship with him. Jesus says that rest is found in a right relationship. That makes sense to me. Because that's true in every other relationship in our life, right? Like, I don't know what your house is like or what your life is like, but in my house, the most important people in my life, so my wife, when her and I are not in right relationship, I don't get any rest. When my kids and I are not in right relationship, I have no rest. When my friends and the people that I work with, and when we're not in right relationship, I have no rest. Because rest comes from right relationships. Jesus gently pushes back this morning a little bit. And what he really is saying is that if you feel like your life is restless, if you feel like your life is a little bit off kilter, if you feel like your soul needs to catch up to your body, then Jesus says the first place that you and I have to look is to him. And is our relationship with Jesus
0: right? Because if it's not, you will never find rest. Jesus goes on. He says if we want to find rest, we have to come to him. But
1: this is where Jesus turns it a little bit. And Jesus says we have to receive something from him. Now, I, I don't know about you, but to me, that did not make any sense. When, when I think of rest, I think of not taking anything else on. When I think of rest, I think of getting away from everything else. I think of getting away from people and things and and turning off the phone and, and finding somewhere to relax on the beach. I think of somebody taking my kids to all their things so I don't have to that day. When I think of rest, I don't think of something else being given to me. I think of something
0: being taken away. But Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says if you're worn out, if you're weary, if you're
1: heavy laden, He does not say, go lay down and do nothing. He actually says he has something to put on us, something for us to receive. Jesus offers to take off the yoke of the world. He offers to get rid of all the things or take off the things that are burdening us and weighing us down. But then he comes right back and says, but then you've got to put another yoke on. Now, I think most of you know this, but a yoke in Jesus' day was was what you'd think of. It's a heavy wooden bar that fits over the neck of an ox so it could pull a plow or a cart. Now, in Jesus' day, the yoke could be put on one animal or it could be shared between two. And in a shared yoke, the, the common practice was that one of the oxen would be older, more experienced, had been doing this for a while, and then they would put a younger, inexperienced ox right next to it in the same yoke. The stronger ox was more schooled in the commands of the master, and so he would guide the other one according to the master's commands until he learned. By coming into a yoke with a stronger ox in Jesus' day, a weaker ox could learn how to obey and follow the master's voice. And that's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus says if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're weary, he says take off the yoke that you've been carrying by yourself. Jesus says come into a yoke with me. See, to take on a yoke in Jesus' day meant to be a disciple. It meant to follow him and walk in his steps. And what Jesus is offering is not an escape from the world. What Jesus is offering is to walk with us in the world. Not once does Jesus say, you want to find rest, just get away. Not once does Jesus say, if you want to find rest, just go get a really good nap. Jesus says, if you want to find rest, take off the burden of the world and put on the yoke and walk with me. Jesus is offering something that's completely opposite of what the world offers you. <clears throat> Later on in Matthew 23, Jesus describes what the world puts on us. He, he said the scribes and the Pharisees, they sit on Moses' seat, so you should do and you should observe what they tell you. But you should not do and you should not, you should not do what the works that they do. He says, they preach, but they do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and they lay them on your shoulders. But they themselves, they are not willing to move them with a finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by other people, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love the place of honor at feasts, the best seats in the synagogue and greetings in the marketplaces. They like being called rabbi by Jesus says there's there's a whole group of people that will put a yoke on you. And they'll say all the right things,
0: but they will do none of them. He says what the world offers is a yoke that you carry all by yourself. Jesus
1: says the world says do it on your own. The world says just work harder. The world says you can't rely on anybody else. The world says God helps those who help themselves, which isn't in
0: Scripture, by the way. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Jesus says, I have have a different way to live. Jesus says, take that off. Put this on. Jesus
1: says, I'll go with you. Not just now, but I'll go with you to the very end of the age. Jesus says, not only will I go with you, I'll go before you. I will clear away. Jesus says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I will never abandon you, you can always rely on me. Jesus says, God helps those who realize they cannot help themselves, and surrender to him. Jesus says, if you want to find rest in a restless world, you have to come to Jesus, and you have to receive from Jesus. See, the reality is what Jesus is really talking about is living in a restful rhythm of Jesus. That's what all the stuff we've been talking about the last few weeks is about. When we talk about prayer and studying scripture and fasting and all those things, it's not about something we do one time and everything's fixed. It's about a rhythm of rest for living with Jesus. See, Jesus does not say that he has nothing for us to do. Jesus does not say that we should stop doing life. Jesus says, I have a new way for you to do life. Jesus says, I have a rhythm that you can find. See, that word, Jesus says, to come and learn from him, that word learn is really important. The New Testament originally was written in Greek, and that Greek word for learn, it's actually a similar word when Jesus uses the phrase make disciples in the Great Commission. And so what Jesus is saying is he's saying, come to me and learn what it means to be my disciple and make disciples, and you will find rest for your souls. That's active. Jesus says rest is found in doing the work of Jesus with Jesus. Jesus says he has a yoke for us that is easy. And that's probably not the best translation of that. That Greek word, it really means well-fitting. And what that means is that Jesus says he has something for us that is made perfect to fit you in your life. Jesus says it's not that you just go walk away from life. Jesus says rest is found in living life with me in the rhythms of Jesus. Bible scholar David Platt says that Jesus alone knows the Father. He's the one who reveals the Father. He's the one who perfectly obeyed the Father. So when we come into yoke with Jesus, it makes sense that he would lead us of how to walk with God the Father. It's a new rhythm. That's what Jesus invites you and me into.
0: You feel like your soul needs to catch up with your body? Jesus doesn't say to stop walking. Jesus says, stop, start walking with me.
1: The reality is you and I can, can try to live the other way, right? Most of us have at some point in their life. I know I have. We can live in, in a way and have a life that is outside the will of God, that doesn't walk with Jesus, that, that that obeys something more or something different than Jesus and his word. We can try to live from out under the thumb of God, right? Many of you may have had that season of your life. I know I have. And the reality is sometimes we find things there. Like, let's be real, there are some temporary, superficial things that can come from that type of life. Sometimes you might find a a moment of peace that doesn't last. You might find something that's maybe a little bit easier that doesn't last. You know what I have never, not even for a moment, found in
0: living a life outside of Jesus? not once see I think the beautiful thing of what Jesus teaches you and I this morning is that rest is found in something active with Jesus I think we know that I think we know that even when vacations
1: are great you and I know that we can have the best vacation and we can sit on the beach for a week and it's beautiful and it's restoring and it's great, but it doesn't last, right? You can go home today, and take the best post-Thanksgiving nap in the history of the world, and you will be tired tomorrow if you live outside the rhythms of Jesus. You and I know that what we're looking for is not a moment of rest.
0: What we're looking for is a restoration of our soul. What what you and I really long for is not time to breathe. What we long for is the breath of God living in us. Jesus says that is only found in living in the rhythms with Him. I think all of Scripture talks about this. You know, there's a song that we only ever read at funerals which is kind of weird because if you read
1: Psalm 23, it seems to talk about life right now. It's it's very active. Listen to what David says. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, and even though I walk, through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
0: Church, I don't know about you, but I missed the part where David said, when you die. Never caught that. Nowhere in Psalm 23 does David say, When I die, the Lord will be my
1: shepherd. After I'm dead, he'll lead me to green pastures. Once I'm gone from this earth, I can go by still waters. Only after this life is over and I'm in eternity will Jesus have my cup overflow. He doesn't say
0: that. In fact, he says he'll do it all the days of my life. See, Jesus offers a different way to live now. See, the point of all that Jesus says,
1: the point of what David says, is very, very simple. He
0: who has the Son has rest. He who does not, does not. He who has Jesus finds rest for their soul. You feel like your soul needs to catch up with your body? You feel restless in a world of chaos and busyness? Jesus says, come to him. And he will restore. See, the reality is we're all going to be under the yoke of something. Right?
1: Like, let's be real. Most of us don't dictate what's going on in our life anymore.
0: We're all under the yoke of something.
1: We're all choosing to let something control the way we live. So church, let me just gently ask this morning, don't you want something better than the yoke of the
0: Don't you want something better than what the world has offered outside of Jesus? I mean, come on. I mean, how
1: heavy is that yoke that you carry outside of Jesus? Has it ever brought you rest? I mean, has trying to climb the corporate ladder brought rest? Has partying every weekend brought rest? Has the perfect guy or the perfect girl or sexual immorality, has that ever brought rest? Has, has more education brought you rest? Has all the stuff that you and I bought, the house, the car, the vacation, the hot tub, has that brought you rest? Would a Husker victory on Friday have, well, that would have been close.
0: But alas. You and I know this, right? Even that wasn't going to last. We know this, right? That even the good things in our life, they don't bring
1: lasting. They don't bring that peace that that defies our circumstances. I think that's why Jesus teaches this. Because Jesus isn't offering a break from life. Jesus is offering a new way to do life with him that leaves your soul restored no matter what goes on around you. I've told this story before probably more than once. And if you remember it, good if not, it probably wasn't that good. I won't share it again. Uh, But one of my favorite stories, if you remember, is about a man named Charles Templeton. And if you remember the story, Charles Templeton was best friends with Billy Graham The famous evangelist, they did ministry for years together. Templeton was a good evangelist in his own right. And if you remember the story, eventually Templeton walked away from his faith, left it behind, became uh, a large critic of Christianity, even wrote a book about why he walked away from Jesus and why it wasn't true. And Lee Strobel interviewed him when he was 83 years old for his book, Case for Faith. If you remember the story, during the interview, Strobel asks Templeton, he says, Now, at 83 years old, years after you've walked away from Christianity, what is your view of Jesus? What do you think about it? And Templeton looked at Strobel and he said, you know, in my view, Jesus is the most important human being who ever existed. And then Templeton's eyes began to fill up with tears. His voice began to crack and started to cry.
0: And he looked at Strobel and, He said, if I can put it this way, I deeply miss him. I miss him. Strobel said, Templeton began to weep over a friend that he once knew, but had lost touch with so many years ago. Church, can I suggest this morning? That if you and I are living in a way that we feel like our soul needs to catch up with our body,
1: if you and I feel restless in the world that we live in, if you and I feel
0: things are just off kilter, maybe it's because we don't know our friend Jesus the way we used. As the band comes this morning, I would just simply invite you. To be reminded of the friend that maybe you once knew so well. And who maybe has gotten pushed away as the yoke of the world fights to be on your shoulders. If you're here this morning and you're tired, you're worn out, you feel defeated, maybe it's because you're missing a friend that you want. Here's the good news. He never left. No matter how far
1: you and I have walked away, no matter how long we have forgotten him, no matter how far on the back
0: burner we have pushed him, Jesus never left. He has always been right here beside you. Church, I can tell you this this morning, if you're tired and you're worn out, he is the only one. Who can restore your soul? You know how I know that? Because he's the only one that died, so you can. Jesus is the only person. He is the only thing who
1: gave up his life so that you and I could have peace and rest
0: forever. So if you're here this morning and you're wore out, tired you feel like your soul needs to catch up with your body, I want to invite
1: you for just a moment to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. I love the way the message paraphrases what Jesus says in those three verses.
0: So I want you to take a deep breath this morning, and I want you to hear from a friend who never left. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Maybe you're burned out on religion. He says, then
1: come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting upon you.
0: Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Church, one might say you'll find rest for your soul. This morning as we get ready to sing, the invitation is very simple. We just invite you to come home to the friend that you've always known and never left. We invite you this morning to just come to Jesus. He is the only one who will restore your soul. We invite you to do that as we sing.